You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, I'm so excited for this episode because I think it is much needed, especially in the running world. We're talking all about hormones with Dr. Carrie Jones, who is an expert in the topic. I actually met Dr. Carrie when I was in New York City with Under Armour in June, and she was a guest on one of the panels, and we talked all about hormones and training through menstrual cycle, birth control, and so much more, and I figured that she would be a great guest for this podcast because I know I get questions all the time on things about hormones, like dealing with amenorrhea. Like I had primary amenorrhea until I was 22. And I know a lot of people have issues losing their period when they're training and have questions about structuring training around their menstrual cycle. And I just figured today's episode is the perfect way to dive into that topic. So stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company that makes eating well with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals like me, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Right now, you can go to greenchef.com coldbrew135 and use code coldbrew135 to get $135 off across five boxes. And your first box ships free. greenchef.com coldbrew135 and use code coldbrew135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. Now let's get straight into today's episode with Dr. Carey. Okay, Dr. Carrie, I'm excited to have you on. Um, This is a topic that I know a lot of my listeners are very curious about, especially, I mean, because everyone's basically a runner that listens to this podcast. So (laughs) hormones and running, I feel like, I don't know, it's a topic that needs to be talked about more. So I'm excited to have you on. I am excited to be on because, you know, when you're dealing with hormones, it's kind of like hurting cats. People know they're hormonal. They're like, I feel hormonal. I think it's my hormones but they don't actually know what that means and, or, or what to do about it. And so I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to just start off the podcast, like giving a little intro of who you are and 
I guess your qualifications and everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, my name is Carrie Jones. I am a doctor in Portland, Oregon. I have my master's in public health and I have been in hormones my entire career. I had a great mentor in medical school who was very much into women's health predominantly. And then I did my residency um, with a huge focus in women's health and hormones. And my practice was in women's health and hormones. I worked for a specialty lab, um, like a functional medicine lab. Their whole focus was hormones. And uh, along the way, I would pick up some male patients because I, you know, women often have men in their life and they're like, oh, he's hormonal. You have to help him too. <laughs> so I would get into testosterone and some of the men's stuff, but I predominantly spent my whole career in estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, women's stuff, just trying to help them feel less crazy. Yeah. How often are you working with athletes too? I, so in, when I was in practice full-time, I would have uh, professional athletes. I would come and go. So in Portland, Oregon, we have um, Nike, of course, and the Nike campus was not far from my office. So I would see a, actually a lot of Nike employees. So not so much true on athletes, but a lot of Nike uh, at, like uh, employees who were very athletic or maybe had a prior athletic history and then went to work for Nike. We also have an Adidas office in Portland. So I started seeing Adidas folks. Uh, Under Armour, of course, moved to Portland. And so I slowly started to acquire mostly employees, but athletes would come along the way as well because these um, people would say, I know hormones are playing a role in their athletic performance, whether it's cortisol, whether it's estrogen, let's do something about it. And then when I worked at the hormone lab, we worked with the number of mostly male, but we would work with NHL teams and um, NBA teams and NFL teams and who were like, something's wrong with him. It's got to be his hormones. Like, why does he keep getting injured? Why can't he sleep? What's going on with his mood? Um, do you think it's hormones? And so we would test and sort of help their trainers through that. So why don't you think it's talked about more? Because it's obviously, it plays such a huge factor and it's, it, I was a competitive runner. I ran at Oregon for my college years or whatever. And I didn't get my period, my first period until I was 22 years old. So I struggle with private. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably yes. mortified by that, but I didn't have, <laughs> but it's not like, uncommon. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have an eating disorder and I didn't have, I was underweight mm -hmm. and I didn't have low bone density. So, and I, I've been running like my entire life since I yeah. was straight out the womb basically. And I had been to a lot of gynecologists and everything. And I had, this is like TMI probably for my podcast listeners, but I had prepubescent ovaries. Like when I first got into college, so I think, I mean, obviously hormones play a factor in that, but it wasn't even something I even thought about until, you know, when it was like college time, I was like, I haven't gotten my period yet. I'm 18 years old. You know, why is that? But why don't you think people talk about it more? I guess. I honestly, I think it's a couple of reasons. One, I think it's, it's commonly accepted to have hormone issues. Common doesn't mean normal. But when you're with your friends and they're like, oh my gosh, it's, I'm PMSing, I'm so moody, I want, you know, uh, I hurt, my head hurts, I'm craving. And then all your friends are like, oh my gosh, me too. And then you talk to your mom and your mom is like, well, that's what I was like growing up, you know, good luck. It becomes normalized, but doesn't mean it's normal. And so nobody talk, we don't get, we don't learn any of this in school about, you know what? those severe cramps you're having, not normal, common, not normal. Let's figure that out. That your depression, anxiety, anger outbursts that happen, common, not normal. Let's figure that out. And I think that's why it's not often talked about because when you ask your inner circle, your inner circle's like, yeah, I get it too. 
yeah, I get it too. And so you're like, well, if you get it and I get it, then I guess I'm not dying. So we'll just keep moving forward. And I hate that. I'm, I want to educate to go, there's stuff you can do about it. Let's openly talk about hormones so that you can make it better and you can feel better. And, and when you are young with hormonal issues and don't do much about it, these are the patients that would come to me and they're thirties, forties, fifties, still hormonal, still struggling with, now they're struggling just with things you struggle with because you get older. So not like fertility problems as they get older, right? Like the, the mood symptoms are worse. Now they uh, the weight gain is harder to get off, like et cetera, et cetera. And so if we can handle this younger, our teens and twenties, imagine how much better you'll be set up for life as you get older. And I think that's why a big reason that's not talked about. The other reason is the most common treatment is just the birth control pill. Oh, you have PMS. Oh, your periods are irregular. Oh, your cramps suck. Here's the pill. It's like everything every just they just every you know they've got a hammer so everything's a nail right so they just like beat the hammer on everything when really there's so many other options and there are a lot of women who are like I, I don't want the pill like or I had a bad reaction to the pill or I don't feel good on the pill I guess there's nothing else for me and that's not true either so I think those are the two biggest reasons we struggle with hormone education in our world yeah, I definitely want to talk about birth control in this episode because that's like one of the main <laughs> things that I got questions on. Because obviously, yeah, it's like people talk about hormones and the solution is the pill. But a lot of the time, mm -hmm. like you say, there's other things to do, but we'll get into that. Before we dive into that, I kind of want to just talk about like, I don't know, I want to give like the basics of hormones and how they work and everything. Because when I went to the Under Armour panel, I had no idea any of this because, which is crazy. I mean, I was running at the highest, most elite level that you can in college athletics and no one was talking about hormones at all or like training yeah. around your menstrual cycle or anything. And so I kind of just want to give like the basics to, to my <laughs> listeners. Um, I don't know, looking at athletics or female athletes in particular, like what hormones are most important or like play a role and everything. <laughs> all of them, all of them. So we, so when I say hormones, so hormones are messengers, let's just start there. So they're like little text messages that get sent out to bind to receptors, turn them on, do something. So they're like keys that fit in locks and, and unlock locks. You have all sorts of hormones. You have hormones like thyroid hormone. You have hormones that deal with glucose, like insulin. You have hormones that are the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. You have hormones that deal with stress, cortisol, adrenaline, which is known as epinephrine. These are all hormones that play a role in your body. Some of these hormones are around all the time at different levels. Some of these hormones come and go like progesterone. We don't have progesterone as women all the time. We, we only have it once we release the egg, which is called the ovulation. So for two weeks, we don't have it for two weeks. We should have it. And so by understanding one, there's a ton of hormones. Um, and two, they kind of work together like a symphony that sort of comes and goes, rises and falls. Then that's what can really help us understand our symptoms or how we're training or how, you know, running, um, how we're feeling, like how, why last week you could run no problem. And this week you're like, I am running through quicksand. I just tripped. I feel super clumsy. Like what? I did nothing different. What happened? I'm like, you didn't but your body did, <laughs> your hormones shifted and that can play a big role. So when you think of hormones, they're just a big text message going around. Yeah. And then and stuff. So now I guess like the menstrual cycle, like yeah. how are, like, can you just take us through the basics of that? Cause that <laughs> yes. was mind blowing when yes. you, when we talked about it in, um, when I was in New York and all Yeah. That. So the, this is okay. This is assuming not, I know not everybody's regular, but we're going to talk this through as if you are regular and get your period every month. 
So the brain decides, the brain scans the body to go, are you safe enough? Are you healthy enough? Do you have enough nutrients? Are you, are you stretched, you stressed? And if all things, all systems go, then the brain tells the ovary to like, let's start this. So you get your period. That's considered day one. Your first day of bleeding is day one. All your hormones, estrogen, progesterone, super low. Gradually, as you move through that whole phase right there, that first phase is called the follicular phase. The follicles, follicles contain the egg. So some of your follicles start to grow. They also start to pump out hormone, particularly estrogen. As you're going along about two weeks in, now you're about to ovulate. You've one chosen follicle. That's the one that's going to release the egg and ovulate. So estrogen gets really high. Then you release the egg. And now you flip over into a different phase. It's called the luteal phase. So in the luteal phase, your estrogen drops down, but your progesterone goes way up. So you kind of get this crisscross of hormones. And so now you're in the second half here, which the luteal phase we call like the nesting phase. It's like, if you were to get pregnant, this is where implantation happens, where the baby starts to grow, et cetera. If you don't get pregnant, then both hormones, estrogen and progesterone drop down and you get a withdrawal effect, which is essentially bleeding and that's your period. So if you're listening to this, like, wow, that sounds complicated. It, it's not so much complicated as it's choreographed. It's, it's like, just like if you listen to music or a symphony, it's like, first the flutes go, then they stop, right? Then the trombones go, then they stop, then the draw. And, and so it's very coordinated like that, but it's all at the direction of up at the brain, believe it or not. So then how are you supposed to feel at each point in the cycle? So in your period, so usually at the period, because your hormones are quite low, maybe your first or second day, your period, you're tired, you hurt, you don't feel that great. You just sort of want to hang out, watch Netflix and do nothing. Totally cool. But then women will start to say, oh my gosh, I have more energy. I can run farther. I can lift heavier. I can jump higher, all the things because that, that estrogen, the low progesterone is your estrogen's getting to go, puts you in this state of I'm ready world. Here I come. Once you ovulate and release the egg, even if you don't want to get pregnant, even if you're like, that is the last thing on my freaking mind, you like know that consciously, but subconsciously, the brain is like, you never know, you might be getting pregnant. We have to protect you. So because your, your uterus and is, is like nesting, it's like, like putting throw pillows and comfy blankets around just in case you got pregnant, your body feels that way too. So you might feel like you can't run as far as fast. You can't jump as high as, as, as well. You can't sprint. You're not as coordinated as you get close to your period because the body's like, whoa, slow down. You might you might be building a baby right now. Even if in your brain, your conscious brain, you're like, no, I am not. So you, so this is why when somebody goes, how come I can hit my PR last week? And this week I literally tripped out the gate. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, cause your hormones shifted. And this is what can happen in your body when that, when, when you get that switch. So is it possible though, to like run well when you're in yes. the second half of your cycle? <laughs> yes. Because I feel like a lot of people listening are like, oh no, that's me. That's what I get all the time. I would have like gymnasts and like my cross country runners were like, yeah, I tripped. I tripped last week, like big time fell. Like, how do I, how do I avoid that? If you know where you are in your cycle. So this is why I'm a big advocate for at least track somehow, whether it's on your calendar, paper in your, on your app, something, because if you know you're coming into that second half of your cycle, if you know you're like a week out from your period, then you know that your body is trying to get you to like relax a little bit. And it's 
your coordination might be off. So you can just train to it. So if you look at your calendar and go, oh, I know right where I'm at, it's the finer motor skills, the finer details I'm going to have to train harder for. So runners are a great example. My runner athletes, I'm like, hey, when you hit close to your period in that second half of your cycle, I need you to practice things like pushing off the block the most here because you're going to feel the most like you're running through quicksand and you're going to feel the least coordinated. So if you practice in that week over and over and over again, if you have a competition in that week, you're well-practiced. It's not a problem. And if you happen to have a competition that's a different week, then you're going to be that much ahead of somebody else because you've been practicing at your worst time to be the most coordinated when you, when you're technically not usually. And so that's what I would tell these women. Like just, if you know where you are in your cycle, then you can go, okay, here's where I'm clumsy. My body wants to make me clumsy. So I'm going to practice the fine details. My gymnast, I'm like, this is when I need you to be practicing your balance. I need you mounting, dismounting, mounting, dismounting, landing, just practice, don't just the fine motor skills when you're your most clumsy. Cause if you get in competition and it's a couple of days before your period, you're going to be the most clumsy, but if you're trained to it, you're trained to it, then you may not even notice. You may have no idea. You just sail through no problem. Yeah. This is why it's so important. I feel like to have these conversations with your coach and stuff, because how is the coach ever going to know that? Especially if you have like a, I don't know, a male yes. coach. It's like, <laughs> Hey coach, you know, I, uh, yes, I'm about to get yeah. my period. So I need to practice my starts or whatever, but I feel like yes. it is important to open up this conversation more to just like female athletes, because it is mm-hmm. so important. Like you said, to be able to adapt to each point in your training cycle and train to it. Yeah. Even like think hand-eye coordination, right? Like think finding like think soccer players. So the, the 2016 soccer team, us Olympic soccer team, their, their coach female decided to train them to their cycle. So they were practicing when they shouldn't, shouldn't do, um, like hit training. So women, when estrogen's high, we are really high. We're more prone to blowing out like our ACL. So that happens right around, let's say like day, if you have a 28 day cycle, right around day, like 11, 12, 13, maybe 14. So right before ovulation, our estrogen by normal goes really high. It's supposed to. So if you're training for it, if you're pivoting a lot, soccer players, basketball players, I'm like, pay really close attention to your knees there or train there to protect your knee, do your knee exercises, strengthen those muscles there. So that if you are playing in a game, your estrogen is really high and you go to pivot, you're less likely to blow out your knee because you've been training for it in that section. Now it's only a couple of days that your estrogen is super high. So you have to worry about it for a couple of days. Just like the coordination, the clumsiness, the quicksand thing, it's only about a week, depending on what your hormones are doing. So you only have to sort of just pay attention in those times. It doesn't mean to change your whole, tra- your whole training schedule. Just like, okay, Carrie said right here, when I'm quick pivoting, I should probably protect my knees these couple of days or be aware of my knees or train to my knees these couple of days. Yeah. And then I'll be okay. That makes a lot of sense. And people were asking because I mean, yeah, a lot of it is training, but are there like other things that you can, I guess, alter at different points in your menstrual cycle, like the foods you eat, the amount of sleep that you get, like, Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, for the one, for one, I, no matter where you are in your cycle, I like, just think sleep is super critical, um, especially as you do get closer to your cycle. So when your hormones, uh, estrogen and progesterone are starting to fall, you're not pregnant, you're starting to fall, you're about to get your period, that falling hormone can cause women to not sleep, super common. They can't fall asleep, they can't stay asleep for those couple of days 
which a couple days a month, not a big deal, but it's a big deal if you have to compete the next day. So if you know this about yourself, if you're like, oh my gosh, I compete on Saturday and I'm going to get my period on Monday. So I know I might not sleep. You can prep by going to sleep earlier, being mindful of your caffeine intake. Don't obviously drink alcohol, adding in extra electrolytes, adding in extra magnesium. Magnesium is really good at night for sleep, especially magnesium glycinate. It's generally considered safe and it's generally allowable on, well, it is allowable on, um, gets out of banned substance. And so um, that even like just those little factors can be really helpful. And so many women are like, that's me. I can't sleep before my period. And I didn't know why. I'm like, yeah, because your hormones are shifting. It shifts what happens in your brain. And so it's hard to fall asleep or stay asleep. So that's like a classic one. Same hydration and cooling down. Women generally, progesterone is warming. It rises, increases our core temperature. So when you are in that entire second half of your cycle after ovulation, you may notice you get hot faster. You're running and you're like, what the heck? Why am I like, I am dying here. And last week I was fine. So your cool down measures are going to take longer. Just be more, you know, your electrolyte loss is going to be greater because you're trying to offload. So make sure you get in more electrolytes than you would maybe the week before. So these simple, and these are super simple, easy, generally cheap. You can buy at the store type of things that, but if you know this as an athlete, it can make a world of difference. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Gooder. Gooder makes $25 active sunglasses for anyone. They are lightweight, comfortable, don't move when you run, and all for only 25 bucks. They're no slip, no bounce, all polarized, and all fun. I have been noticing everywhere I go in San Diego, people are wearing Gooders. They're not even runners. These are just active people, you know, on the Pacific Beach Boardwalk and they're rocking gooders. And I'm like, hey, use code Colbrew, you get 15% off. Just kidding. <laughs> but they are the best sunglasses ever invented is what some people say. They have names like $9 pour over and influencers pay double, which, uh, you know, I don't know what I think about that one, but I know you will find a pair that speaks to you. They also have these really, really cool cycling sunglasses that are $45, the Wrap G's. And I wear them for running too, not just cycling, because they are like those big sunglasses that everyone sees on TikTok nowadays. Even I posted a TikTok video about them because they're just that awesome. My favorite one's name is Save a Bull, Ride a Rodeo Clown. <laughs> so you can get 15% off those too. So try them out and treat yourself to a pair or two because you deserve it. It's summer, you know, protect those eyeballs. Go to gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com and get 15% off your entire order when you use code COLDBREW at checkout. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping in the US. That's 15% off with code COLDBREW at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into today's episode with Dr. Carrie. Are there specific foods that you should be eating? I guess as a, like a female, just to help balance hormones or that's yeah, so, so hormones, generally hormones like it when you are eating well. So when you're eating whole foods, right? When you're getting enough water, enough protein, protein is huge for hormones, good fats, good quality fats. I know some people are on like fish oils or omega threes, you know, eliminating the, the fried crap and, you know, the, the crappy oils, canola oil and what have you. Just in general, the body likes that. The liver likes that, your cells like that, your brain likes that. So if the body as a system is cool with what you're eating and you feel pretty clean and healthy, then hormones tend to follow suit. But if you're living on energy drinks and caffeine and, and fast food and you know just crap that you just feel kind of heavy and blah, afterwards, a lot of sugar, 
then your hormones are going to feel the same way. They're going to be like, well, I don't really have, you're not giving me the nutrients to make me do, help me do my job. So I'm going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, I'm okay. I'm curious. How do you even know that your hormones are off? For me, yeah. I knew when I was in college and I was running, when I had no period, I was like, <laughs> I know I have no hormones. So for me, yeah. like I could feel it. I mean, I, I was the most like unemotional I've ever been in my entire life. Like I would just go through the entire day with a straight face. I wouldn't really like feel that happy, but I wouldn't feel that sad, which is kind of nice. Honestly, looking back, I'm like, I had no vari- variation of hormones. Now I feel completely different. Um, so I guess I knew already that my hormones were off because I mm-hmm. knew it wasn't normal to not feel emotions that heavily. But I guess what other than that, um, how can you tell that something's off? So the big classic ones are like your typical PMS. So women are like, I know my period's coming because I like, I get bloated. I have terrible cravings for whatever foods. Um, my boobs hurt. My boobs get bigger. My face breaks out. I'm moody. So they're either more depressed, more anxious, or the other way. They're like, I'm angry. I'm snappier. I'm ready to kill somebody. Um, when, when it comes to that heavy periods, lots of clots, maybe you've been told you have fibroids worse endometriosis. So hormone, as far as we know, hormones don't cause endometriosis, but they can surely worsen it. So, um, if you've been diagnosed with that and you know that you're like, you feel like your pain is getting a lot worse, hormones can play a role. Um, I said, you know, I already said bad cramps. Um, people debate on, should you have any cramps or should you have no cramps? Most women I would say have some cramps to some degree, but if it's 10 out of 10, really interfering with your life, that's way, way too much. Don't feel like you need to suffer through and live on ibuprofen. Something's wrong and especially hormonal and let's figure it out. So the, those are kind of the most common symptoms we think about. Now it can progress into things like bone loss. Hormones can cause bone loss. Lack of hormones can cause bone loss. Loss of libido, no sex drive. It's gone. You know, like I'm not in the mood. Um, it can, fertility issues, can't get pregnant, can't stay pregnant that can um, play a role with hormones can play a role with that brain health. So brain fog memory, like, Oh, I used to have a great memory. Now I feel like I have to write everything down. Everything's in the notes section of my phone. I can't remember anything anymore. Hormones can play a role with that. It can even can progress even further at any age, hot flashes, night sweats, skin changes, vaginal dryness, sex hurts. You didn't used to hurt starting to hurt. These hormones can play a role in that as well. That's so interesting. It's, I honestly feel like, I don't know, my hormones are probably pretty balanced. I don't really get cramps and my parents are really light and I don't honestly have any symptoms other than my boobs hurting sometimes. So maybe I'm just blessed. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, I mean, definitely not like not everybody has hormone issues for sure. You don't have to have any hormone issues. Yeah. I wish no hormone issues upon you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just interesting. It makes me feel really bad, honestly, for people just like being in like a lot of pain, but can you say if someone has like really, really bad periods, can they really like have no symptoms with, you know, if they help balance usually, their hormones or is usually, it always going to be bad? Usually it's bad. So if they have bad periods, usually it's, it's when they get testing, any kind of hormone testing, usually right away. I'm like, Oh, look at that. Look at your hormones. Now hormones are just a factor of it. Believe it or not, we're focused on hormones, but because the body works as a system, other like your intestinal health plays a role, believe it or not. So your ovaries and uterus lay on top of your small and large intestines. So if you also have gas and bloating or constipation, or let's say you've traveled and picked up a parasite and didn't realize it, and you've got all sorts of 
gut dysfunction, because they lay on top of each other, one can, the inflammation of one can cause problems in the other. And we see this all the time. And when you get rid of your hormones, when you're done with your hormones and they're gone, they need to go for the day, they get excreted or released through your kidneys, which is why hydration is important and through your intestines. So your intestines actually play a role on if you do or don't eliminate like estrogen in a, in a healthy manner. So your gut health can directly impact your hormone health. And what's cool is there's a lot of research coming out about this now and how what you eat and what's going on in your gut, infection, inflammation, parasites, et cetera, totally plays a role with hormones. Very yeah. Good. It's interesting. I feel like that's such a trend right now. Everyone's talking about mm-hmm. gut health, but for good reason. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy just to think about how everything is intertwined. Yes. Yeah. It's like, if you throw, you know, throw a, a stone in a, you know, in a puddle, like the whole thing ripples, it's the same thing in the body. If you, if you're just affecting the gut, it doesn't stay in the gut. If you're just affecting the uterus, it doesn't stay in the uterus. Like the yeah. whole body gets involved. It's very nosy. Everybody has to have a say. How often do you think people should get tested? I think they should at least get baseline. So I would have moms who would say to me, you know, my daughter is 17 or 18, 19. She's in college. Like, when do you think I should test her hormones? I'm like, now, I think you should start now. Do it at least once when they're young. So you have a baseline. And that way, if they hit their twenties and they're like, I feel like crap, what's going on? I can at least compare to go, well, you were this at 18 or 17 and here you are now at 22 and like, look at the difference. Let's work on this. Um, usually because of that's the field I'm in and that those are the patients who came to me, I was doing it usually once a year is part of sort of screening. So I would do their lipid cholesterol, their glucose, but I would also add in hormones. Like, let's look at your hormones and see what you're at. Cause the more, you know, and the more informed you are about your body, then it's the, the more empowered you'll be. And it helps over time for tracking trends. If somebody says, well, two years ago, I had a sex drive and now I don't. I'm like, let's look back. Let's look back and see what's dysfunctional these last two years. Yeah. It is interesting to look at the trends of everything. I feel like, cause I mean, I got it my first period like three years ago, which was not that long ago now to think about. So I feel like I'm still sort of like tracking I don't know, symptoms and everything. Like mm-hmm. it's still hard for me to even like know when my period's coming because I'm like, I don't know. And it's only been regular for like two years. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so, so crazy though. Cause you really can track the trends over time and start to like learn your body and learn yeah. everything. I don't know. It, the female body is very interesting. It, we are definitely more, um, we're extra. I mean, we're extra, right? Especially compared <laughs> to the male body. We are extra for sure. I, there's a thing called the period flu. This is thinking of tracking trends. So there's a thing called the period flu where some women feel sick or feel like they're getting sick before their period. So our hormones are very tied to our immune system. So any shift in hormones can affect our immune system. So I did a post on this on social media saying, if you feel you're about to get sick or kind of feverish or like it's a cold before your period, it's a real thing. And I had so many women in the comments who were like, every single month this happens to me. And every month, either my sister or my husband or my partner was like, you're not dying. You're getting your period, like track the symptoms. And so many women were like, oh, I didn't even realize that this is happening every month tied to my period, which is why I love whether you track on a calendar or an app or something like what symptoms go with it. Headaches, migraines. I'd had so many women go, oh my gosh, I get headaches. I'm like, is it tied to your period? They're like, I don't know. So we start tracking, right? I'm like, do you get it around? They're like, oh my gosh, Carrie, I get it every month on day one. I'm like, okay, it's a menstrual. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Got it. I can narrow this down now. And in and, and just anything, I would have I would have women report like my shoulder flares up. Why does my shoulder flare up every month? I'm like, is it around your period? 
<laughs> it just helps to oh know the pieces together. Yeah. Everything is literally tied to hormones. It's actually crazy. It is. Whether we want it to or not, um, the female body by design is reproduction. I'm not looking to reproduce, but I know that every month my body is like, hey, just in case, just in case, just in case, just in case. And so every month our hormones are just in casing. And so we have to pay attention to our hormones. Yeah. I want to talk about amenorrhea because obviously something I struggled with for a really, really (laughs) long time. And like in the running community, I would say, I don't know what the right word is, but it is so prevalent. It's crazy. Like how, how often people lose their period. Um, why does it happen? Yes. It's a safety switch. So when, again, so your body is, as a woman, uh, the body is constantly scanning. Are you safe enough, healthy enough? Um, do you have enough nutrients to get pregnant and carry a baby? So that's, I'm just really generalizing it, but that's oftentimes what our brain is thinking every single month. So if you are a runner, I would have this all the time in my, my runners, because you're constantly running. And even though you're not running for stressful reasons, like you're not running away from a threat or a tiger or somebody's not chasing you, you're, it's what your body is getting the signal of one, you're running constantly. And two, it must be a threat. And three, you're diverting all your resources to muscle repair, running, endurance, et cetera. So the brain's like, I don't have the resources to divert to reproduction right now. And she's running and I don't know what she's running from, but she does it all the time. So it must be scary. So the brain to preserve resources shuts down the signal to the ovaries and we don't get our period when with runner athletes for sure. And it's super common because the runner athletes running miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And I heard this great analogy of on the highway cars and emergency vehicles have to use the same lane, right? Fire trucks, police, ambulances, We all use the same lane. So when an emergency happens, the cars have to get off the road to allow the emergency vehicles through. It's the same in your body. If you need to divert resources towards repair, healing, other tissue, skeletal muscle, because you're constantly running, then you don't have emergency resources left to go to the ovaries to continue with hormones, have a period, et cetera. So the body's like, cool, I will just divert over here, it's, it's the same resources, whatever, you're just going over here now, not towards the ovaries. So you lose your period, get amenorrhea. So then why do people get stress fractures? Like where does that yes. play, play a factor in all of this? So when you don't cycle, when you, when you don't have a period, you don't make healthy levels specifically of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Bone health requires estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. They're big players in bone health. So when you're missing that, you don't get the bone strength and the bone resiliency and the bone remodeling that you need. And as a result, because the resources are going elsewhere. So as a result, you get these stress fractures because of the lack of hormone. That's so interesting though, because it's like, I had amenorrhea, but I didn't have any, I didn't have low bone density. So can like, I don't know, can I, can you get amenorrhea, but then not have other issues? Yeah. You don't have to. Oftentimes I see, I would say I see it the most because I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Right. So, um, as you know, like we don't get much sun. So like our vitamin D levels can be really low here. Um, it could be genetic. If you already have a predisposition, mom, grandma, aunties have osteoporosis as they've gotten older. Um, it can be your diet. It can be the, your, the health of your bones from when you were born, uh, you know, so the lot goes into bone formation to begin with. 
it is super common for those who don't who have amenorrhea to get stress fractures, but it's not required. It's not an absolute. Okay. So can it be caused then by, can like amenorrhea be caused by other things other than just under eating? Hmm. Yeah, it can be uh, right. Under eating, over-exercising, hypothyroidism is a big one. So when your thyroid is not functioning well, it's slow. Um, there's a hormone called prolactin. So prolactin is the hormone of breastfeeding, prolactation, but you can develop a tumor in your pituitary called a prolactinoma. It's not cancerous. It's just a weirdo benign tumor that can happen. And it makes prolactin. And when you have too much prolactin, the body stops you from getting your period. So prolactin for anyone who's listening, who's had amenorrhea has probably had their prolactin checked to make sure that you don't have elevated levels shutting this down. Hopefully you've had your thyroid checked. Um, but there, there are certain, obviously certain medications, um, might make you have amenorrhea. Sometimes people, um, like if they're on the, they'll call it amenorrhea, but forget they're on birth control. So they're, maybe they have the shot, the depot shot, or they got an IUD, the Marina progestin IUD. And so they're like, I don't get a period. I have no period. I'm like, you're on a birth control that took over. So you don't get your period, but you still have this synthetic hormone in you. It's different. Yeah. I think the main cause of my amenorrhea was just the exercise. I think it was just the stress. Cause then mm-hmm. I ended up taking seven months off like completely. And then I was eating a lot too. And then mm-hmm. I ended up getting it naturally. So I think mine yeah. was more stress. I don't even know. It's yeah. so interesting because everyone's so different. A- Stress is a big one. Chronic stress. We'll see it like, um, especially like college, college master's programs, um, heavy traveling. I've absolutely had it in patients who travel for a living and they're constantly crossing time zones and they're busy and they're eating on the go. And all of a sudden they're like, I haven't had my period in like four months. I'm like, cause you're never, you never sit down. So your body is trying to protect you. Yeah. Um, big stress, like death, you know, divorce, transition breakups, like these things can have the body say, Ooh, no period. Let's, let's wait a little while. Let's wait a little bit for that to happen. It's that can be really common. At what point, at what age do you think it's like, okay, you should go to a doctor if you haven't gotten your period yet? They say 18. So they say, they say are 18 ish. Um, I tend to, I understand 18, um, usually by 16, if they haven't had their period, I'm like, just because I'm really proactive, Um, so if they're 16 and haven't had their period yet, I'm like, especially if other women in the family are like, if mom's like, well, I got my period at 14. And then the aunt's like, well, I got my period at 14 and grandma, you know, like your sisters got their period. So it's not like it runs in the family to start late. Um, by 16, I'm like, let's look into this more, but I believe technically they say you haven't had it by 18. It should be evaluated. Honestly, some people can be born with like a missing uterus. I mean, I've had women or born with a uterus, but no vaginal canal. Like they don't even realize it. And so, or born with a missing ovary. So you can also, it's important to maybe even get an ultrasound to see anatomically, like what is going on? Can you get a period? Yeah. That's what I did when I was 18. And then I was scared mm-hmm. because I was like, mm, I don't know just what's going to come of this ultrasound. <laughs> yeah. Then I was fine. It was just yeah. prepubescent. So that was also weird to hear when I was 18 years old. But you yeah. know, we're, we're changing they, they hadn't now, so. done their thing. Once they do their thing, then you'll, you know, then you get mature ovaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now mine are very mature. Now they're lovely. matured. <laughs> yeah. How many periods do you think it's like bad to skip? Because I know a lot of runners, like you get to the end of the season, you know, you're training really hard and then maybe someone skips a period every once in a while, but like how, 
How many is that happens? Yeah, that happens. So if somebody just says I skipped a period or two and and like uh, in the COVID era that worked, that happened a lot. People would get ill, they'd get the virus or they'd be super stressed out because of COVID. And so they would, you know, like, oh, Carrie, I skipped a period this month. Like uh, it's a survive. It's a, it's a protective thing from the body. It's okay. Once they start skipping several and they're not of an age where they should, like they're not close to menopause where I'd expect it. um, And they're not pregnant then I'm like, we should investigate this. So once they've had, let's say like three skipped periods, I want to know about it. If they have three skipped periods and, and maybe either can't figure out why, or, um, it's sudden, like they had a period and then they just start skipping. Like, tell me, let's work this up because why wait? My philosophy is why wait? If there's something we can do, if, if in those three periods, maybe, um, your thyroid has slowed down or was slowing down and it's like, I don't want to miss that. So we can do something about it so if someone misses their period for if someone's had a missing period for a long time what would you do to get it back well first i test them so first i'm looking at and evaluating sort of their overall health so i'm looking at red blood cells and white blood cells and and liver and kidney markers i will test some of their hormones i'll test things like cortisol i will test their iron Uh, i will test that hormone prolactin glucose and insulin. So like, I, I want to know like what's going on with them. Another, we're talking majority of like athletes and runners, but another big, um, condition that can cause amenorrhea is PCOS polycystic ovary syndrome. And so I want to make sure that's not missed. I don't want a runner to be like, oh, I'm into my season. It's super common. And yet they also have PCOS and we need to be addressing that even knowing that they're in their running season. So I'm looking at testosterone, DHEA, another hormone called insulin, maybe an ultrasound. So I'm doing a workup first to see, is there anything that sticks out to me as if that's what the cause of their period is. Then I'm trying to figure out the cause and addressing the cause. So if it is just running, they're in their season. So I'm trying to support sleep, nutrients, so diet, hydration, stress, um, blood sugar, blood sugar regulation is best as possible that they can. Sometimes I will use extra nutrients. I will use, um, minerals. I will use herbs trying to get the brain and the adrenal gland to, uh, support stress, trying to get the brain and the ovaries to communicate. Um, if I'm worried about stress fractures, uh, if they've had amenorrhea for a long time, or if they do have a history of stress fractures, then I'm looking at hormone replacement of some sort, because I don't want them to progress to full on osteoporosis at a young age. So, which is very common, yeah, OBGYNs will say, let's go on the pill. Like, let's just at least give you some hormone and uh, protect you. So we have to evaluate how long have you not had a period and where are you at? What's your age? What are you doing? Um, and training. I had, a, I had somebody who was grad, they were a senior in college and they were like, I just want to get through this season. Just get me through this season. And once I graduate, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to be a professional runner after this. And I was like, cool, different than somebody who says I'm a senior in college and I'm going to keep going. Like I'm going to be sponsored. I'm heading for the Olympics. Like, so you're going to have like dominate a lot of support the rest of my running career. That's yeah. My gynecologist different. literally was like, yeah, just wait. Cause I told her I was, like, I'm done after college. And then, so we didn't do anything yes. for the next six yes. months. And then <laughs> she's like, and then after six months, once you graduate, uh, let me know if you haven't gotten your period. And then I got it like seven months later. So <laughs> see, she was right. Brief little intermission here to talk about one of my favorite sponsors of the podcast, who I'm sure you're familiar with if you are in tune with anyone in the running world, and that is Koros. When I first put on the Koros Pace 2 GPS Premium Sport Watch, I knew that this was going to be the watch for me because this watch is so 
beautiful right off the bat and it works so well and it fits just so well too. People ask me all the time what watch I wear and what watch I recommend. I cannot recommend enough the Pace 2 from Koros. It is so easy to use. Not only is it good for beginners, but it has like all the settings that you would ever need if you're more of an experienced runner or you're looking to cross train, do track workouts. You just have to press two buttons and then you're off and running. And together the app and the watch are also really easy to use and syncing the watch to the app and Strava, so seamless. So if you're a beginner, this watch is the perfect GPS watch to invest in, especially if you're looking to level up. Like I said, it's just really easy to use and it's very beginner friendly. Also. You don't have to be like me and try out all the GPS watches. I've tried so many in my lifetime because the Pace 2, their battery life, you guys, on this watch is absolutely insane. I know I talk about it all the time, but it truly is mind-blowing how long the battery lasts on this watch. You can go days without charging it, which is unheard of in the GPS watch category. And they gave me a deal for you guys. Just go to Koros.com and use code COLDBREW for a free accessory with a watch purchase. Like I said, I recommend the Pace 2. Just add the accessory, like a band, a charger, a piece of apparel to the cart before checking out and apply the code COLDBREW to get that accessory for free. Koros.com. Use code COLDBREW. Now let's get back into today's episode. Um, okay, I want to talk about birth control now because yeah. you just brought that up. Obviously, like if you have a menorrhea, I mean, it got brought up to me throughout the whole process of going on the pill and everything. What does the pill do for you? Takes over. So the bill, the birth control pill uh, are fake synthetic estrogen and progesterone. So it doesn't look like your own body's estrogen and progesterone, but it looks kind of close enough that it can bind to receptors like keys in a lock and turn them on. So it'll activate and support the hormonal parts of your body. And what it does is it tells the brain, I got this. So you don't have to Now a lot of women already have amenorrhea. So the brain's already like, well, I'm not doing it anyway. So, okay. But if you do get your period without the birth control pill, when you go on the birth control pill, the hormones in the pill will take over your own hormone production and do it for you. So that's how the pill works. Do you think it's a good thing or is it like, do you think that people so, should fix it naturally? <laughs> um, I guess it depends on their goals and it depends on um, their, the symptoms that they're having. So if somebody says, I don't want to be pregnant, I'm sexually active, don't want to be pregnant, and I have stress fractures, I mean, the birth control pill is probably a great option for them. My only hesitation with the birth control pill is that and because of social media, this has really come to light. So many women have side effects and they didn't know those side effects existed. Nobody told them. So I am a big proponent of if you're going to go on the pill, which is fine, make sure you understand all the potential side effects that can happen. Go into it eyes wide open so that if you start to get worse digestive stuff, worse depression, worse he like headaches that start, weight gain, crazy period changes, tell the person who puts you on the birth control pill because you may be on the wrong pill because there, there are different levels of pills. Um, you may need to switch the pill or eventually the pill may not be the right thing for you. And I just hate when I would see all this on social media, people go, I didn't know. Nobody told me, you know, it's like, take the pill. It's super common. My pharmacist didn't warn me and I developed all these symptoms. So I just want it to be eyes wide open for people. What in your opinion is the best birth control? For athletes. <laughs> I know. See, that's what's so hard because there's no perfect birth control. I mean, other than abstinence, but that's no fun. So <laughs> is when it comes, right. When it comes to, um, when it comes to sexual health or sexual protection. So just for, um, if you're using any kind of birth control, IUD is often recommended. So if somebody says, I don't want hormones, 
but I'm sexually active and don't want to become pregnant, usually we're looking at what's called the copper IUD. Like there's an option barrier method there. Obviously you can try condoms. Um, but if they're not going to do that, then I, it's the copper IUD, which pros and cons to that as well. There is a progestin only IUD called a Marina, um, pros and cons to that. Pro being that progestin can make your periods lighter, easier, cr cramps less, which women really like. The cons are the side effects can be back pain, hair loss, acne. The, there are a number of side effects you just have to watch out for. Um, and then there's, of course, the birth control pill is totally an option. The thing about the pill though, is you have to remember to take it every day. If you don't take it every day at the specific time or within a window of time, then it, it's not as helpful. It's not as, um, it, the birth control pill can be high maintenance. So if you are a scatterbrained person, if you can't remember to take your multivitamin, let alone a birth control pill, it may not be the best option for you unless you put a lot of factors in place, like reminders on your phone to take a birth control pill. So those are kind of your big options. Now there's others, there's the depo shot comes with a slew of side effects. Just be aware. Um, there's the ring again, a lot of side effects. Just be aware. Some people, some women have zero side effects. They love it. And I'm super happy for them, but it's, again, it's the women who were like, I have so many side effects and nobody told me I didn't know. Like, oh. yeah, I wish, I wish, I wish the education was a little, maybe better. So, okay. So if you go on a birth control, like the Marina and you mm -hmm. don't have a period, cause a lot of like birth controls make you lose your period or IUDs yeah. specifically, does your body go through the whole hormone cycle? Yes. So the, yes. So you're, the Marina, it can shut down, um, or partially shut down ovulation. So it can fully or partially lower your progesterone but there is still the synthetic or fake progestin in the Marina to counter, to, to give it to you. Uh, and then the estrogen, your body is still making its own estrogen because it, that's not shut down. So the Marina, that progestin in the Marina thins the lining of your uterus. So that's why often a lot of women are like, I have very light bleeding to no bleeding. So it doesn't really completely affect your ovaries like the birth control pill does. Um, so you still get estrogen and you still get that progestin out of the marina so it's different okay it's what everything's so complicated like why everything, if we just had a switch i swear to goodness i say all the time if i was the goddess of the female body i don't want to be goddess of the world that seems like a big job but i would love to the female body if we could just have like a button like yes this month no this month right just like a little switch think like an app on our phone we just toggle yeah i'd love yeah. a period this month think <laughs> Not this well, month. Nope. People use the natural cycle tracking too. Yeah. So that's an option. And the only reason I didn't mention it is, well, one, we were talking about birth control. Um, and two with athletes, if you have an irregular cycle or you have amenorrhea, then the natural cycle cycle is not going to work for you Yeah. because if you can't, don't even know where you are in your cycle, then how are you going to prevent pregnancy? Because you're so irregular, the, the natural fertility tracking you it's way easier if you have a regular consistent cycle. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I would never rely on that. My, well, I don't even so, know my body well enough to like be able to like tell what yeah. phase of the cycle I'm in. So how would I know it all? Right. And you don't have to have a period to get pregnant. What you need is ovulation. So if you release an egg, so if you have amenorrhea, no period, no period, no period, no period. And then all of a sudden your body's like, you know what, we're going to do it this month. It'll release an egg and you may never know. If you don't know that I mean, mucus is changing, if you don't know anything about ovulation, you release an egg, the egg means you're fertile. 
And so all of a sudden you get pregnant and you're like, that's impossible. How did I get pregnant? I've never even had a, I haven't had a period in months because you need the egg to get pregnant, not the period. And so that's how it confuses a lot of women. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all very like intertwined, but it's also very individual. Everything's very individual. Yes. It seems like yes. So you yes. kind of have to know your body well. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, track, track, track on an app, track on a calendar, yeah. track somewhere, write your symptoms down month after month until you have a pretty good grasp of what's you, what happens for you. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have like a couple of like random questions now yeah. at the end of this because we went we went over the main topics. One in particular that kind of applies to me, you know, selfishly. Of course, one of like the only like main hormonal symptoms I get is hormonal acne. Is that like a yeah. real thing? And can I yes. fix it? And because nothing seems to help it go away. <laughs> is it only right before your period, or do you feel like it's all the time? I feel like it's kind of all the time, but a little bit worse before I get my period, but like I eat healthy. I drink a lot of water and I have kind of no other symptoms and, and it's only around like my chin area. I don't really have any other acne other than right here on the sides of my chin. I'm like, what is that? So chin and jawline are what we call androgenic acne. Androgenic are, uh, androgen hormones, testosterone, DHEA, and they can be worsened by when they're high and it can also be worsened by insulin. So if, as you're getting close to your cycle, your hormones are falling down, estrogen, progesterone are falling down because you're getting close to your period. Then you get sort of out of balance to testosterone and your body can seem like, or have more testosterone and DHEA. They bind to the receptors in your chin and poof out comes acne in that area. Um, that, that androgenic. And as we get closer to our cycle, we can be what's called more insulin resistant. So our insulin was good in the first half, but in the second half, we might hedge towards, we don't use our insulin as well as we could as a female. And so that insulin drives, can push testosterone uh, symptoms, cystic acne, jaw acne, chin acne can be one of them. So it's, it, it could be that hormone, which is, I, you know, if I was, if I was, if I was your doctor, I would want to look at your testosterone, uh, your DHEA. There's another hormone called DHEA. T, it's the potent form of testosterone and just see where you are baseline. Is, is that, are you already on the upper end of average? Are you actually outright elevated? And then I would go, Oh, that's the reason. And yeah, I would also I have high DHEA. I know that I got my bubble. There you down. go. There's your answer. So what do <laughs> I do? That's what it is. So was it, so here's my other question. It was it D when you go back and look at your labs, you want to know the difference between DHEA and DHEA S with an S on the end. I know it was the S one. It was the S one. The S one. So the S one, D-H-E-A-S comes from your adrenal glands. 
That's where it comes from. So stress oh. is a big factor. My cortisol levels are so high. That's like my cortisol is and the DHEA are really high. Yes. So speaking of acne, DHEA S can convert into other hormones, like those androgen hormones that can worsen acne. Your stress is only pushing it along because the uh, DHEAS can counter cortisol. So as your cortisol is going up, your DHEAS is like, no, 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 naughty. Let me, I got to protect from that. And so your DHEAS will go up with it. So as you get your stress and cortisol under control, um, I'd look at your insulin too. Then you will notice that your skin probably looks better as a result. Okay. So I should your doctor recommend anything you do. There you go. Doctor's orders. You need a vacation. Yes. Did they suggest anything to you? There's often a medication called spironolactone that they might recommend. Yeah. My dermatologist actually recommended that one. Um, I haven't done anything yet. Medicine kind of scares me to be honest. So I always try to heal things naturally. Hence why I like, didn't take, I didn't take any birth control when I was a men or when I had a menorrhea because I was like, I want to fix it naturally. So, and my acne has gotten a little better. I would say like last year when I really felt like my hormones were regulating, it was a mess, but it has gotten better. But my cortisol is really high. Like I have issues and I don't really know. I drink a lot of coffee, but I don't think it's like more than like the average person. Like I have a cold brew every day. That's it, just one? Yeah, just one. Like I'm not, I'm not someone that's sipping on, you know, 12 ounces of coffee every three hours. So I don't know. A lot of people ask about cortisol too. Like, how do you lower it? Stress reduction practices, right? So cortisol goes up because you're in a, your stress is happening. So it's, I'm like breathing exercises, journaling, sitting, relaxing therapy. If you need it, go for it. Vacation, sleep, get your sleep, get off your screens, get off your phone, get off your computer at night before bed, wind down. That's wind with a D not wine, like the drink. Um, like all these, all these things we get told all the time, but it's hard to implement. It's hard to get off her phone at night before bed. It's hard not to, especially as women, like a lot of, I'm sure a lot of your followers, like you, they're like type A go-getters. They've been type A their whole life. Like you've, you've been running since you got out of the womb. So your body's already preset to go, 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 go in your running and in your life. And so as a result, your cortisol is primed to, to like go. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> as you move into adulthood, you are, you know, you're, you're, you don't want that to continue to be high. Working on that will definitely help. Yeah. For sure. I think that's one of the reasons, honestly, why I've had to step away from running competitively is because I know that my body's really sensitive to like adrenal stuff and like cortisol. Yes. Like I, yes. I don't know, I was marathon training a couple of years ago and I lost my period almost immediately because yep. I don't know, I could just tell that my body's really sensitive and it kind of sucks because I don't know. I like running and stuff, but at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm 25. I feel like I should really be prioritizing the hormone stuff and like figuring it out. But yeah, the cortisol stuff it, is interesting. And I don't, I don't really feel like I'm type A or that high strung or anything, but I do live a very, because it's your life. normal. Yeah, that too. That's why like, you don't feel it because it's completely your normal to, to, and I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Cause I mean, you're real. I'm like one type A to another type A, but because it's your normal, um, your intellectual side is like, well, of course I have like a ton of stuff to do and I'm traveling and I'm going and I'm moving and like, it's a lot of fun and I'm young and go, 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 go. But inside your cortisol is like, I am trying to keep up with you. <laughs> I'm trying to help you with this, but you still have to build in relaxed time. You still have to build and recover. If you're constantly running with no recover in your life, cause you had to have recovery days when you ran competitively, 
you have to have recovery days in your type A life as well. Yeah. I need to take that into account more so because I really don't (laughs) give myself, I'm just like always on one. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, I'm always just like alert and thinking about everything and I have no structure in my life. And I think it all adds to it. So this is all making a lot more sense. So maybe I just need to relax. I'm actually literally right now after this phone call, I'm flying to Portland. So, but it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, go, 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 go. Like got to work in the morning, then flying, traveling, add stress and stuff. I'm like, why don't I just take a chill pill? But just building in time, you don't have to, I mean, vacation is great. And I highly recommend it, but even (laughs) like after you, when you fly, when you land back, like block schedule. So when you block schedule your day, like for two hours, I'm not going to do anything or I'm going to relax or build in more massages or build in, you know, like after when I travel then for the next six hours, I don't do anything. Like I just have it completely blocked out. I don't take calls. I don't do meetings. I don't put your podcasts. I need to recover because I've been flying time zones and it takes a toll on my body. And yeah. when you don't do that, cause you're young. So you have youth on your side, you can burn the candles at both ends, but as you continue to get older, your candle ages with you. And then it gets harder and harder and harder. And what I don't want you to do is to get any other, be at risk for anything else, God forbid in the future, because you've been burning your candle. So I'm gonna tell you now is an older person to a younger person, build in that time, build in the, the downtime, whether it's an hour, a half a day, whatever. Yeah. I'm trying to be better about it. I just went to Portland for a week and I took a little vacation. I didn't work at all. And I think it helped. My acne, my acne is way less right now. So maybe imagine that <laughs> crazy how that works out. Crazy how that works out. Well, you'll be glad to know when I look out my window right now, it's 85 and sunny here in Portland. So yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, I live in San Diego, so it's no different. Portland's actually hotter. So, but you know that Portland historically is raining all the time. So, oh yeah. I don't give yeah. me the rain. I'm not going yeah. from You're November good. to April. No, day. no. We didn't get sun until July 7th this year. Yeah, I heard. So. I heard. I was like, I'm so glad I don't live there anymore. No, no kidding. Um, okay, well, this is a great episode. I'm sure like a lot of people got a lot from it. And I mean, I know I did. I learned the cause of my hormonal acne probably. So <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And that's all I needed, honestly, from this episode. But perfect. <laughs> I'm sure my listeners got a lot more than that. Um, where can people follow you at if they want to, you know, stay up to date with more information on this topic? I talk only about hormones. I'm on Instagram and I'm getting into TikTok. So I'm at dr.carryjones. And then my website is currently getting an overhaul, but it is drcarryjones.com. Well, I have, we'll have a lot more information, but um, if you're on Instagram or TikTok, then at dr.carryjones. Sweet. Well, thank you so much yeah. for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. I knew when I went to that Under Armour panel that I needed to get Dr. Carrie on the podcast because I figured it would be so helpful to all of you who are struggling with hormones or just like want to learn how to level up their training by matching like their cycle phase to their training. And it was just really honestly interesting to hear all about it because I've never heard anything like that before. So hope you guys learned something from today's episode. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It seriously means the world to read all of your guys' reviews and it keeps me going for sure. Follow us on Instagram at commasovercoldbrewpod if you want to be up to date and submit listener questions for each episode. Thank you all so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.